and welcome to another episode of Free Basketball Grizzlies Edition. Today we have a guy on with us from the Lee Sports Media. He is Bailey Caldwell, and we get into a lot of stuff on the Grizzlies. You know we have clutch time, as we always do. That was fun. But also, uh, just kind of predicting a lot of his, uh, or going over some of his predictions that he had uh, in a piece that we all wrote together, whether it was uh, over or under on wins, who he thought most improved, the MVP of the team, uh, maybe any bold predictions. So we get into that, as well as what the future looks like. These the future on the Grizzlies is very, very bright. As everybody always said, the, the bright future Suns. Well, maybe it might just be the bright future Grizzlies. But we talk about some trades that could happen or could not happen. Uh, the young guys kind of growing up. And they're actually not really growing up because they're already older than Jaron and Ja. But also some news that just came out today about Jaron and Justice, uh, the, avail- the availability of the media uh, with uh, Justice. So that was very uh, cool to see. But the last thing we get into is predictions on how uh, this week seven will go. So without further ado, let's go ahead and bring in Bailey Caldwell. Today we have a guest with us on from the lead sports media. He is the podcast host for Leading with the W, which is a dub. It's a uh, WNBA podcast on the Locker Room app. If you don't have the Locker Room app, shame on you. Uh, he's also a contributor and, uh, and editor for the Lead Sports Media. He's the account manager of the Twitter Grizz Lead, which is at Grizz underscore lead. But most of all, and this is important, he is the line leader of the DeAnthony Melton fans and stands firm in his love of Mr. Do Something, Bailey Caldwell. What's up, Bailey? Not much. Just, I actually just got my Milton jersey from the mailbox this morning. I saw that. I saw it on uh, Twitter. Um, he has to sign it. It's probably after this podcast, he'll hear it, you know, because he listens to our <laughs> podcast, and uh, he'll, probably come, he'll probably find you and sign it for you. I, I, I would love that. I um... – I got to get my job on sign too. I'm going to take both of them when the form reopens and get in there. Well, a little known fact, I don't own a jersey at all. Really? I haven't owned a jersey in ages. I don't know if that's just personal preference. I will wear a shirt every day of my life for Grizzlies if that was it, but I probably I'm not allowed to because my wife would get mad at me. But too, I'm just not a jersey guy. I just, I've worn them for sports and that's it. I've never actually worn another jersey. So I don't know if that's weird or not. No, I don't. I don't have very many. I only have three now. So, your 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 favorite one is it Melton? Absolutely. It, it it's like the first uh, kind of exclusive one I've got. You know, because it's the Vancouver joint. Yeah, I know. I want to uh, get the um, the the whatever the new one is that just came out with the City, the City? Edition. Is that yeah. what they're called? Cool. All right, well, uh, so Bailey is a – he's a part of the Grizzly. Uh, he's also the, the lead sports media guy. And so I want to bring him on here to kind of uh, keep connecting the dots with this podcast uh, within my personal life, friends, or whether it's other people that are from other organizations, from the lead sports media, free basketball people, and keep just connecting uh, the circle of friends with this. And so that's why we're having Bailey on today. So that way we have now – a part of each of those, whether it's the lead or free basketball, or whatever. So uh, Bailey, appreciate you coming on. 
Today will be fun. Uh, I don't know if you've heard the podcast before, but we do a part that's called Clutch Time. Pretty simple. I want your honest reactions, honest answers. You can give as little or a lot as you want. Um, as I talked about before we start recording, Tim Andrews said that he would not go long and he went the longest. So he uh, shot down. Um, I, I want to say it was Ryan Meadows, who's a part of the free basketball team, but he, he uh, shot him down saying he was really long-winded and ended up being Tim being the longest-winded so far. So, um, Bailey, are you ready for clutch time? I'm ready. Let's do it. All right, let's go. All right, Super Bowl champ coming up this week. Who you got? I'm taking the Chiefs. Chiefs. Would you rather have happen a stain on your shoes or a stain on your shirt? Shoes. Wow, you're not a shoe guy. I, I don't really have any, like, expensive pair of shoes. All my shoes are just kind of here, so – yeah, I'd be the complete opposite. All right, so uh, toilet paper roll. Do you go over or under? Over. Three-pointer or dunk? Three-pointer. First job? I uh, was a statistician for university. Which one? Middle Georgia State. Middle Georgia State. Mm-hmm. Never heard of it. Uh, your first car? Uh, Dodge Ram 1500. Mm. Do you know the year? 96. Ah. Uh, favorite place you've ever visited? Memphis. Really? Mm-hmm. So you're, so you're now living in Atlanta, correct? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, place you want to visit and haven't? New Orleans. You've never been to New Orleans? No, sir. We have to go down to a Pelicans game. All right. When COVID's over, I have all these lists of things I'm going to do. We're going to, I have a hotel down there. I actually cover the Louisiana market as well. Okay. So we'll, we'll go down there. Um, all right. So do you have a nickname? No. None. No. God, actually, crazy. I have one. I have okay. one. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. We uh, have to hear it. It's kind of a long story. Uh, my best friend calls me TG. Okay. Stands for true game. It's something we came up in, in middle school because. I can effortlessly talk to women, according to him. <laughs> and so he's called me TG ever since like seventh grade. That's good. I like that. TG. I'm going to call, start calling you TG. Or, or call you NG, no game. It, it, right now, I might as well. <laughs> all right. So your personal favorite sports moment of all time. Favorite sports moment? Oh, that's a toughie. Oh, man. Um, Doesn't have to be basketball. Go wherever you want. It's going to be basketball, but because it's my main sport, top sports moment of all time. Wow. Um, I'm going to go with this because it's the first big sports moment I remember like seeing live was when Allen Iverson stepped over Tyron Lou. Mm. It's like the first major sports moment I remember watching. Right. No, I like that. Uh, I do remember that. It's, it's one of those moments that you remember kind of where you're at or just something you never forget. And it's weird that uh, it was Ty Lu all, all these all these days. Yeah. Um, all right, so your favorite athlete of all time, Tony Allen. Really, the grindfather yeah, himself. That, he is why I became a Grizzlies fan. So, how long have you been a Grizzly fan? Since they acquired him in what 2010, 11? Yeah, somewhere around there. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Who were you before then? Big fan of. I I didn't have a team at that point in time. Just general basketball fan. Yeah, yeah, that's bad. That's probably where I was is uh, before the Grizzlies were around. I just kind of liked all basketball. And Grizzlies came and kind of kind of skyrocketed from there. All right, so uh, the grind father. 
All right. So last two favorite movie or show of all time. Um, I don't really watch a lot of TV. Um, I just got asked this the other day and I don't really watch a lot of TV, but my favorite show ever would be SpongeBob. Really? Yeah. Not a TV guy. guy. Not at all. So you're just, uh, it's sports. If you're watching, right. That's it. That's it. it. If I'm watching anything, it's sports. And like, of course, if I have someone here watching something with me, it's a different story, but I'm not sitting down to watch TV. All right. So officially, you're being a bachelor right now because all you're watching is sports. That'll yeah. change as soon as you find someone with you. Well, yeah, and <laughs> ideally someone that'll watch sports with me. Exactly. Well, it's a, it's a give and take. My wife watched wrestling with me a little bit last night, uh, a.k.a. she fell asleep in 15 minutes um, <laughs> while we're trying to put the kids to sleep. So, all right, last one. Um, and you might know the real reason. If you don't, that's even better. But give me your best reasoning as to why we use the number two pencil instead of other numbers i've never seen another number pencil do they exist they do exist i've never seen one um maybe because it's the first even number (laughs) i've never heard that i've asked this question not on this podcast ever i've I've asked you know a bunch of other questions but i try to think the last one to be something very kind of thought-provoking um, I, I don't, I don't know if I'll give it away, but if, if you have Google, Google it, it's pretty funny. Um, uh, it gives you the reason of why it's the number two. Uh, but that's all we got for clutch time, dude. I, I loved it. That, that was a blast. Uh, the number two pencil. I never knew why we, uh, on our podcast, we have a, a weird bit that we'll throw in every now and then as a fake ad, uh, for the number two pencil and why you choose a number two pencil. It, it's actually pretty funny. I that's might pretty- somehow try to find it and put it in here. Uh, today but man that was fun uh all right so let's actually get down to business so a little bit about you what you have going on grizzly the lead stuff personal life what's up with you these days uh as of right now i'm currently job hunting that's the main thing that's on my plate right now is job hunting um the sports i graduated with a sport management degree back in may um but of course i graduated into the covid climate so there's not really much going on it's starting to open back up. Um, the Grizzlies actually posted two intern positions that I applied for. Nice. Um, so I'm all the time just scouring job sites. That's my main focus. I work here in town, just a little part-time gig, nothing crazy. But um, when I'm not there, I'm usually right here where I'm at now, uh, writing, tweeting, doing all sorts of things. Um, for mostly, mostly lead-oriented stuff where, like you said, editing, content creating just kind of general stuff if i'm not if i have a second to breathe i'm playing probably playing my playstation i I don't really do a whole lot i um i had covid back in december so i took the month of january off from exercising which i recovered um but now today is february the first so i'm intending to get back to exercising again and start hooping um also coach that just finished up last week so um kind of opening up my time a little bit more now sweet so your new year's resolution starts in february it's not even necessarily <laughs> resolution per se because like i, I want to get back to what i was already doing right yeah no i uh I, I gave up probably working out for i'd say three four maybe five months for a while through covid I, it wasn't that i what didn't have time i had plenty of time i was working from home as i still am but it was just one of those things I just kind of got tired of doing. Um, I, I 
formerly an, a very low scale athlete. And so waking up at 5 a.m. every morning for those four years of college uh, burned me out. <laughs> and so whenever I was done, I am not a morning person anymore. So uh, I definitely do not get up and work out. Uh, but now that my wife works out every day at 4.30 a.m., I kind of had to uh, get my butt in gear. And so we did a whole month challenge. And so this is the first day of the month we're off our diet. And so I know all about that. I didn't have COVID, but I had other reasons. I just didn't want to work out. So uh, I'm back on the workout train. But uh, but yeah, the, the Grizz Lead stuff that you do is pretty cool. Um, I joined uh, with the Lead Sports Media through COVID at some point. Um, I try to write. I suck at writing. I am terrible about uh, procrastinating and not writing enough. I, I would rather do podcasting and talking instead of writing. But I'm trying to, uh, I've made actually, uh, I thought about it last week. I need to actually start doing that more and more uh, because I do actually enjoy it when I, when I sit down and make myself right and have a good time. But yeah, but yeah, Bailey is here. He edits a lot of our stuff. Um, he does the, the lead, um, the Grizzly account with the lead sports media. So uh, we want to talk all things Grizzlies. And so let's go ahead and get into that. Um, the Grizzlies right now, uh, they've been off for a little bit due to COVID. They just came back Saturday night, big win against the Spurs. But now they're at eight and six on the year. They're seven and three in the last 10 on a six game win streak, fifth in the West. Thank God. That's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Opponents, uh, points per game, 107.6, which is fifth in the West, which is nice. Their uh, points per game is 108.2, which is 13th. So middle of the pack. Uh, they're at a plus 0.6. So we're right on the edge. Those numbers really could change so much because one, we haven't had job, you know, pretty much the whole year uh, when he when he went out, and then plus went out for COVID, and so things were different. But we looked better against the Spurs when we came back. So, what's your uh, complete overview of the season so far as a Grizz fan? Love it, hate it? You think we're on track? You know, out kicking our coverage? What's up with you? I I, I love it. Um, it's it's def it's definitely been different. As expected, we all knew there was going to be a chance that this year was wild, missed games, um, you know, people getting sick, whatever it may be. I really love the fact that the team held it together, especially when Ja was out. I thought that was huge. And, um, you know, a lot of people have been discussing on Twitter lately, like, how does the rotation pan out? Because we've seen all these guys have quality minutes in different roles than they normally would play. And now as we start filling those guys back in, when Jaws back, Jaron's supposed to be returning, I'm going to say probably later this month, I hear that his recovery is not going as well as they had hoped. Um, Justice Winslow said today he may come back in a week or two. He made it sound like you never know with him. But, right. um, but we held it together. And as I wrote in my last piece, it was just like we did it in the way we always have done, playing strong defense, fighting it out, getting ugly, and it's worked. And now we have a positive point differential after last night. It's right. kind of crazy. Yeah, it's, it, that was, it was a great all-around game. Uh, your boy, DeAnthony Melton, put up 20 points, five rebounds, two assists. Um, it was a great game out of him. If you'd have watched that game and not looked at a box score, would you have thought that it was Melton was the high score of that game? No, he got it really quietly. I don't even remember him taking 13 shots, but I think he finished 8 of 13. Yeah, it was 8 of 13, uh, 4 of 7 from deep, uh, which is weird. Um, I, I don't know that he shoots that much from deep ever. Uh, really. 
but it's just like uh, Bain went for three for three behind the three-point line with 15 points. Uh, Gorgie Dang went 15 points. Brooks, 14. Morant, 19. Anderson, 16. Clark, 14. It's just – it was an all-around good game, and I don't know if that's fresh legs coming up against – I don't know, because none of, nobody that played had COVID that we were – you know, that we knew of. And so – I don't know if that was just fresh legs from having a little bit of a time off and able to catch their breath um, and coming back and just doing that. But all around, I think it was just a really good game. And the minutes were spread out so much that whether they were just getting their legs under them, but you know, Kyle Anderson played 21 minutes and has 16 points. Like it was, it was an all around good game. And I'm excited for uh, tonight's game. Uh, we will have this out uh, Monday night. So we will make sure that you hear us before you watch the game or after. Uh, but it was kind of, I guess, positive, just kind of seeing how they played together. And I hope that's uh, kind of the future of what's going to happen because we don't necessarily have the toughest of schedules coming up. I, I wouldn't say it's hard. I wouldn't say it's easy. I think it's just middle of the road with San Antonio tonight and then going on the road again to Indiana and then come back home for Houston and then going back on the road to uh, New Orleans just this week. It's not that tough. Uh, those teams are kind of middle of the pack. You know, Indiana's playing, you know, over their head right now, which is great. Uh, but I think that there's a chance that we could have another good week coming back from a long uh, layoff. So what do you think this week kind of looks like for us? Yeah, I agree. You know, it's kind of a middle of the pack schedule. Indiana will probably be the toughest matchup. They've been playing really well across the board. They've been in sync and rhythm just from the jump. Um, they will be a fairly tough matchup. They rock the double big lineup. Then you've got Malcolm Brogdon on the perimeter along with – they've been playing Doug McDermott a good bit more, um, Jeremy Lamb and the Holiday Brothers. Like, they, they've got a good team, and it'll be a tough out, especially going to them. Um, so, I don't know about that one. Houston is kind of in a similar boat as us. They have more top-tier names – or formerly top-tier names, I should say. Yeah. Um, Oladipo, Wall, Christian Wood. I think that'll be a scrappy game, but I think we can stay with them. I don't think they have the depth that we do, um, even though they're they're playing really well. I think they've won five in a row right now. Um, Check it out. I might be wrong, but I think they've won five in a row. And then the last game against the Pelicans, boy, that's, that's the target game because the Pelicans have not been playing very well. They have minimal spacing, and they swept us last year. Yeah. And they're there to me – and through polls that I ran on Twitter, we feel like that's our biggest target and rival going forward. Most fans do. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And uh, Houston is on a five-game win, win streak, and so they have been playing well. Six uh, six and four their last um, ten, so they're definitely on the uptick, uh, heading the right direction. They're a positive 1.4 in their point differential, so uh, they're definitely – figuring out themselves, but also getting Christian Wood back was very beneficial for them just overall. Uh, but I want to hit on some things before we kind of uh, hit some other stuff for the future and what it looks like. And I will get your predictions on how this week goes. So kind of get those, get those kind of thought about and ready, but I want to hit on an article you wrote, or we all kind of put together with the Grizzly. Um, it was put out on the 23rd of December but it was pretty much titled Grizzly Roundtable uh, for the predictions for the season. And so I want to kind of go over yours. Uh, maybe not mine. My, my, you know, we can stay away from that. But <laughs> let's hit on yours because uh, we're here to interview you. I want to see if you still feel comfortable with your predictions. 
you predicted that the Grizz would finish 32 and 40. I'm not sure on exactly the record because if I don't know if we're going to get 72 games due to us missing with COVID, but that is a 44% win percentage. Do you still think that we are a 44% win percentage team? No. Over? A little over. I think we go closer to 500 than that. Okay. So if we played, you know, whatever, 70, you know, 70 games, even for say 72. So you think we're still going to be at 500 there? I think if we play 72, I could see 37, 35, 38, and okay. 34, somewhere in there. Sweet. Um, all right. So let's go to the next one. You predicted that JV would be the MVP of this team. Do you I think did. that's still true? Uh, I, I see JV. I didn't think he had a great start to the year. I don't, I don't yeah. think I we're way think early. He's... This could change. We could completely change, but yeah. I just want to know if you still feel good about that prediction. I don't, I'm, I'm in a weird place on JV right now. I'm actually <laughs> been, been working on this piece about how, how much I love Xavier Tillman as like our long-term guy. And I saw there was a huge debate on Twitter last night between who was in it. Um, Sean Coleman was involved in it and like two other pages or people. Uh, Mark King was one of them. They were discussing where JB is and his value. Like, do we trade him? Do we keep him? What do we do here? And I was just watching because there's so many people in all different areas of JV right now. And to me, I'm not ready to move on from him yet. I don't think we need to. I think we probably see him through to the end of his deal. Yeah. Um, and I think I think his shot at this MVP that I predicted really depends on Jaron. Okay. Does he come back? Does he stay out longer? Because Ja has come back and is obviously the MVP right now. I mean, that that's undeniable. But if Jaron doesn't come back, JV likely becomes the co-star. And if he can hold down that second role well, you could argue he's just as valuable. And it just depends on how it plays out for me. I, I, I think he still has a shot. Yeah. Oh, I will uh, I'll stand on the mountain, and I'll be the line leader of the JV fan club um, until I die because I love the, the way the guy plays. Um, so I back you on that. I don't know if you can ever take the MVP trophy out of Jaws' hand because if you do, I think he would rip it away from you and take <laughs> off like crazy because that's who Jaw is. Um, so I would never go against Jaw, but I love JV. And if we had to have a number two, I wouldn't, I would by far agree that JV is the number two on this team and the second best player on this team uh, because I think that he is as important to us when we get in lulls, then people do realize, and we haven't seen them in a little bit due to, you know, everything that's kind of happened. But I, I do believe that JV is very underrated in the league. I hope we do not move on from him um, very much so. But all right. So uh, number zero, Mr. Do something. De'Anthony Melton it was your most improved player for this year coming off of last night's game. Do you feel good about that? I, I still feel good about that. I, I've been very pleasantly surprised by his game so far. And I know, when you take a dive into the advanced stats and all these things, like the eye test doesn't always match. Right. But for me, the biggest area of his improvement that would denote him as our most improved was how can he handle being even a third string point guard? 
And I know earlier in the year when Tyus was starting, there were times when he moved into that second string role and they would not have him on the court with Tyus or even with um, Grayson Allen or someone who, you know, is more usually confident in that role. And again, the stats don't look great. They look slightly better, but the eye test to me was huge. He just looked more comfortable bringing the ball up and initiating. He was in offenses with Desmond Bain a lot and was comfortable getting the ball to Bain, who I don't really think is a natural ball handler either, but they kind of made it work. And I mean, he's been, he's been, uh, he shot four of seven last night. His shooting has been great. Um, The defense is still there. The effort and hustle is still there. Um, And like I said, I've liked what I've seen from him in those spot minutes at the one. I I haven't checked it recently, but I know at one point in time, he had spent 58% of his minutes at point guard after in Phoenix, his first year was 95. Then last year was like 23. And then this year he moved up to like 58. And that's, more than likely come down as everyone's returned right. to health, especially job. But I, I liked what I've seen. It, you know, that was the biggest thing for me was just how does he fit on the offensive end if he has to handle the ball? And he's looked very comfortable doing that to me. Yeah, the the, the crazy thing about this Grizzly team is I don't think there's anybody that anybody – that nobody could give a player and say he couldn't be most improved because everybody on this team has played kind of over their head. If anybody mm-hmm. has a most improved trophy right now that they're holding, it has to be Kyle Anderson. Yes. Uh, because he's played um, the best of his career that I've seen. He's kind of figured it out, uh, learned how that slow-mo can, can really be beneficial to you know the, his game in the league right now. It, it's very much a change of pace. But DeAnthony Melton is our glue guy. I, I do strongly believe in that. I think that Kyle Anderson and DeAnthony Melton are both very important to this team because without those two, I don't know if we're ever going to reach, you know, the pinnacle that we could get to because you need guys that don't need the ball and that will give you everything they have on defensive end as well as the offensive end. So I think those two guys are very important. I do love DeAnthony. I'm glad we got him on a a good, friendly team contract. He's now making money. Um, and he probably thought after, you know, a couple of his first year or so that he probably wouldn't get to that point due to injuries and whatever. So I'm glad for him that he's kind of bounced back under this new regime with the Grizzlies. But uh, last one you had uh, was, you know, kind of open-ended, but also, you know, kind of left a lot to be thought about. You predicted that the Grizz would be a top half of the league in both offense and defensive and defensive ratings. Currently, they are now the number two defensive rated team and 25th on offense. I know that offensive rating is low. Uh, we're, I think we're number one in pace and play, uh, pace and play, which is crazy that we are, our rating is so low. Do you feel good about that still? I, I stand by that one. I still think it will happen. Um, I don't know if we'll keep number two defense, but I think, I think we'll stay top half. And I think that offensive rating will come back to form. Um, again, even if Jaron doesn't come back, just having job back by himself will spike that up. I could realistically see us be, I would say, top seven defense and top 12 offense, I think. I don't think that's unrealistic. Yeah, just looking at the you know advanced stats um, I looked at today, mainly it's turnovers. Um, we really – there's nothing – 
crazy about that. Just, you know, kind of limits your turnovers. Tyus Jones does not look like the Tyus Jones of old on, on his turnover and assist ratio. He's getting back closer to that, especially now with Jaw returning. He looks like that again. Our three points attempted, they're going to also increase. Look at what Jaw's doing when he's on the court against the Spurs the other night. All those numbers, the, the parts that are low will, will rise. And I think if we have a high number, whether it's pace of play, we had that without Jaw for the most part. So mm-hmm. I don't know why pace of play would not be high up there. These guys like to get out and run. So I do believe that that is the probably the biggest lock that I've seen out of your predictions. And I'm glad it was last because I think that they will easily be in the top half of, of, of the ratings, but I wouldn't doubt they're both top 10 on after we get done because our offensive numbers will increase uh, 100%. I do believe that. And our defensive you know, rating will, will fall back at some point. But there's no way that just the way these guys play with effort and hustle, uh, the way we grind out wins, uh, that's going to continue to be like that. So um, I, I like that one the most. So, all right. So we've, we've been on, on here for a little bit. Let's get into what the future looks like. We talked a little bit about, you know, the young guys, you know, some trades that might happen, uh, Jaron and Justice. But let's get into those kind of four categories. First, talk about trades. Do you think that the Grizzlies do anything crazy at all this year with any trades? Do you, as in bringing a big guy back and kind of giving a lot of our draft picks of the future to someone like a Bill or Levine, do you see them getting off of someone that we might be able to just get off of and grab a few extra picks? What do you see with them, the Grizzlies doing um, in the future of this year? One thing that I love about our new regime is that they don't seem interested in hitting the home run through a trade. I don't get the vibe from them that they're going to swing for a Beal or Levine, and I love that. Um, I I often compare the Grizzlies to the Hawks and Pelicans because I feel like they're kind of two teams that are in similar spots as us, and I feel like both of them went win now too early, and it's kind of backfired for them. Yeah. I feel like the Grizzlies are very content with letting things grow internally and just have players improve on their own. If we do make any moves, which I don't think we will, I don't see any reason for us to, I think they'll be relatively minor. Um, Probably just go for draft capital or maybe like another upcoming player or rookie player or young player that's buried underneath a a rotation that we may see value in. But I, I do not expect them to make any type of really any moves at all. Truth be told. Yeah, the only move I really see them making, I, I don't think that they'll grow after the the I guess Bradley Bill, Zach Levine. I don't know if if that's really what this you know front office does in particular. If anything, I see them getting off of uh, of Ding's contract or, or James contract of 17 million. Um, it's really, it's an expiring deal. He's 31. We already have Xavier Tillman. That's the backup to center uh, of Jonas. So I don't know if that is what they would, I don't think they'd hold on to him, but also know that if they held on to him, it's, it's just had a good faith to the guy that, Hey, we want to hold on to you because you're important to us as a veteran in the locker room, as well as on the court as a, as a backup. But what I've seen out of him this year and even last year, I think he could help out a contender. So I'm curious if they figure out a way to get him to somewhere that might be, you know, challenging for a championship. Because this Grizzlies team this year under his contract will not challenge for, for a championship. And that's fine. But I, like you said, I don't think they're going for the home run. And so if anything, I see them moving on from uh, Gorgie Jang. But 
I don't think that we end up seeing um, Grayson Allen moved even. I don't think Kyle Anderson or some people have talked about. I don't know why you would move on to somebody who's playing over their head right now in Kyle Anderson. So if anything, you can trade away Dylan Brooks if you want, but it better bring back somebody like a, a better two guard that solidified himself in the league. So um, I completely agree with you. Uh, the young guys, we've talked a little bit about uh, Bain and, and Tillman. Um, what are your thoughts on them just overall? Do you love them? Is there anything you, in particular that stands out to you about our, our young guys, our young players, or even players that haven't played yet? Um, I, I love Tillman. I love Tillman in college. I generally don't like Michigan State like as a team. <laughs> I don't really like Tom Izzo, but I love Tillman. I love Jared in college. Like they, They've got players I like. I just don't generally like them, but – to me, he's been everything he's advertised as a great sound defender, uh, got a little bit of stretch in him. And to me, he's a very good passer as a big, and I, I appreciate that about him. And the biggest thing for me, he's a little bit older as a rookie, played three years at Michigan State, 22 um, years old, but he's just always under control. He never looks nervous. He never gets ahead of himself. And I, I, I was not surprised when I was writing about him to find that he had the highest net rating on our team. Mm. He was uh, at like 11 and then Melton was at like 9.8 and then Baines right there at like nine. When I looked, this was about a week and a half ago. Um, yeah. I didn't know much about Bain coming out. I knew he could shoot the crap out of the ball and I knew that would be appreciated to get in minutes, but his role in the offense is weird at times. I don't feel like he's utilized enough sometimes. Yeah. I know that's a kind of common complaint right now. Um, I feel like Jenkins is still trying to figure him out, um, which is fair. Rookie dealing with a second-year coach. No no complaints, really. I just would <laughs> love to see him. I would love to see him be utilized more either off a screen or, you know, a hard pop-up from the corner just to catch and shoot. Kind of maybe not quite how Duncan Robinson does it, but closer to that trajectory than just pop up on the corner and chill. Yeah. Yeah, I'd like to see him kind of um, play almost like Brandon Clark does a little bit. That short corner three pop up out there, whether he's taking a high a high level uh, quali quantity rate, sorry, a high quantity rate. I, as long as the quality of the shots are there and uh, potentially uh, the quick assist to somebody for an easy ba basket, that does that does open the offense as well for uh, for Ja and and very much different from uh, JV. JV is kind of getting closer to that than he was uh, in the past. I know he's opened up himself to the three-point line, which has opened up our offense a little bit better, which is the reason for the pace of play as well. But um, I do love the young guys. I think if you look at the the ages, uh, Jaron and Ja are both 21. Every guy we drafted, uh, Tilly was 22, Tillman's 22, as well as uh, Bain was 22 this year. So all all older guys, a little bit longer in the tooth in college, but they're kind of understand where they are. We can, we still have these young guys. That's why we have the G League, but we can develop those guys and put these guys on this main roster. One guy who I really like is Killian Tilly. He's going to be good. He's going to be a very good stretch four, if not a stretch five in this league. He just has to get healthy, and this year will be his get healthy year. You know, develop his uh, his NBA body. But uh, yeah. that's a guy under the radar I like. And, and we still have guys like John Tay Porter, who right. we have yet to see, who I think could potentially be really good in the right turn of role. And one thing I will say, you know, talking about these young guys, you hear about older rookies usually being really close to their ceiling. I remember when we drafted Yvonne Carter. Right. People thought he's already what he's going to be. I honestly feel like 
at least in the case of Tillman, Bain, Bain maybe, but I feel like Tillman can be so dynamic and so versatile in what he brings. There was an article, um, I think it was on Yahoo, Sports Yahoo, um, about how he's like out of that Draymond Green role and mm. that that match. It was him and like Lugans Dort, you know, kind of like bruiser defensive guys around six, seven, six, eight, and like how they're how you're starting to see the Draymond Green effect through those type of guys. And I I think that's a very good comparison. I don't know um how Memphis would feel about having Draymond Green number two, but <laughs> I would love that. Yeah, I think you have to have somebody that is a hard-nosed defender as well as someone who wants to rebound the ball next to Jaron. And they showed it that they could do that in college uh, as well as they're going to show it in the league. I don't know if that's our 4-5, but I wouldn't be against it by no means if that's a 4-5 of our future. Uh, But speaking of Jaron, what are your thoughts on him? Um, I know that we all thought, personally, I I thought that this COVID setback would be very good for his timetable. We would, he would miss these games, but we'd not really miss them because we're not playing them. And then we find out that him and Justice both kind of took setbacks due to not being able to be in there and be in the training room. What are your thoughts on him? Do you think, I know you talked a little bit about it earlier, but do you think he comes back in February or do you think he gets to March? At this point, I'm kind of skeptical of February. I'm almost thinking maybe like a month from today, like March the 1st is when we maybe see him. There was a report, I want to say on Roto World today, that his recovery has not been going as expected. Um, And I'm I'm in a group chat with a bunch of Grizz fans, and they were talking about they almost are suspicious that something went wrong with his meniscus surgery. Um, I didn't hear any reports of that. It's just a suspicion. but our, our franchise is historically quiet about things like that, whether it was saying Chandler Parsons will be back tomorrow and he doesn't come back for two years or, right. you know, just various little injuries. They've been very, they're usually very quiet about those things. And um, it, it, it is kind of concerning because the guys, again, they were talking about like, do we max Jaron when he comes to that point? Because at this point he's, I think they said, He's missed more games than he's played. I don't know if that's true. Wow. But, um, I, I, I didn't fact check that, but that's what someone said. Yeah. I have reason to believe they're similar or close to true. They're close enough, yeah. But, you know, it's just one of those things. Like, I thought he would come out sometime around now and make an MIP run. That was my bold prediction for the yeah. season. And, and now I'm really concerned. And uh, they also talk about, and I've heard people talk about, like, they think Justice Winslow is uh, what's the word? Where you think you're hurt and you're not? <laughs> uh, yes. Hypochondriac is it yeah. hypochondriac. Yeah, I think that's and, right. And they were, they, I've heard people talk about. Well, they think Justice is that, and then Jaron and Justice are tight, and they think he's rubbing off. I don't. It's all types of craziness. <laughs> I just, uh, I just really, I'm really ready for Jaron to return, but I want. I'm also okay with the franchise being super cautious if that's what they're doing. Yeah, I, I think they're being overly cautious about this. Um, I've had a torn meniscus before. It did not take this long. And so that's why I was uh, very, very curious as to what's going on. Um, it's It's been longer than expected and mm-hmm. probably very frustrating for everybody as well. So um, Justice, I, I he said this morning, and it's the first time he's had media availability 
He said that he could possibly return this month, which is February. Um, I think we're on the same track with him where maybe there's something else going on we don't know about. But we do have uh, the potential of that all-star game coming up. Uh, I think it's the first week of March, uh, somewhere after, somewhere around that time uh, when we have the split in the schedule. I, I wouldn't doubt if these guys come back after that time uh, because if they're close enough to being maybe the fe- end of February, first week of March, second or fourth of those games we have, I wouldn't doubt if they just say, you know what, let's hold you out an extra one extra week after the all-star break and then uh, start you the second half of the season um, or whatever that looks like. So I wouldn't doubt that that's uh, kind of the timetable, but, uh, but let's get out of here on uh, some predictions for week seven from you. As we talked earlier, we do have, uh, we go to San Antonio tonight, seven thirty central at Indiana, seven o'clock central. And then we come back home for one game, eight o'clock at home, eight o'clock central. And then we go back, on the road to New Orleans down in the, the good old town that we're going to go one day down in New Orleans, get yeah. on, go down there, have us a, a couple, a couple of beverages, uh, eight o'clock central that game on the 6th of February. I guess that's no, that's the day before Super Bowl Sunday on Saturday. So what's your predictions? Those four games, uh, San Antonio, Indiana, Houston, New Orleans. What's the week predictions? I'm thinking two and two. Okay. I'm thinking we go two and two. Um, I feel like I don't think we'll beat Indiana. Okay. And that's just that's just me being a. I, I like Indiana a lot, and I think I think they'll beat us. Um, I think we'll beat the Spurs tonight. I think getting that win, that first win against them yesterday, was huge because they've always been kind of a thorn in our side and kind of a hurdle regardless of where they are, where right. we are, it doesn't matter. Um, and so that leaves Houston and New Orleans, which are two vastly different teams in vastly different situations where I could easily see us winning, beating both teams, but I don't know which one we will. I want us to beat New Orleans so bad. <laughs> right. That's that to me, that's, that's the team. Like we haven't beat them yet. We've got to be like, if, if I say we go one and three, I want them to beat the New Orleans Pelicans. Like, it doesn't matter. But that's that's who I want them to beat. And so I'm going to say we actually pull out a win in New Orleans and lose to Houston. Now, I'm concerned about playing Houston, especially if Christian Wood is playing. He he concerns me. He's a right. stud. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm curious how we play tonight. Um, I, I think tonight is very important to how this uh, this week's going to go. Just to be very honest with you, if we show up tonight and we win, I, I would say we end up going three and one this week because okay. I know that Indiana game is very very tough, um, especially on the road on a back to back. But when we're able to come back home against Houston, they've been all over the place. I think if the way our defense defense plays with them, I think we can uh, easily uh, put those guys in check. And it's really a wild card with New Orleans, like you said. Um, but that's the game that, for some reason, we get up for. It, it's New Orleans and it's uh, Atlanta that Grizzlies fans, not even the players, probably the fans get up for more than anything. So I want to win that game on the road in New Orleans. But uh, we will have a guy uh, that we're interviewing next. Uh, he's actually with the Pelicans, and so we're going to have him on. So that's try to have guys on around the time when we play their teams. And so we'll give right. a little bit insight about them, but I hate bringing people on after we just got our, our butts kicked by them. So <laughs> I really do. I need to win that game. Um, 
But anything else you got on these Grizzlies? Uh, just to make a point that you were saying, I think I don't think any of our guys dislike the Pelicans, but I do think after our last game against the Hawks, they kind of there there's uh, there's tension and friction there for sure. Yeah, and I love it. Um, how is it on a local level there? You're in Atlanta. Um, how is it the hatred of the Hawks towards the Grizzlies? I don't get a lot of it going the other way around yet. Um, I To me, it seems like a lot of fans here see us how we see the Pelicans, like a rival okay. could be a good series for the next eight, ten years. But I don't get anybody saying like, Oh, I want Trey Young to just do John Moran dirty, or I want John Collins to dunk on Jaron Jackson. Like, I don't get any of that. But I, I know, like, with Grizzlies fans, it's like, I want John to put Trey Young on the floor every time he touches the ball. Yeah. Uh, it's either John or Grayson Allen, whichever. You, you take your pick. Either we'll, one at this point. Either we'll, one of them. We'll sacrifice Grayson for uh, taking out Trey. Uh, <laughs> not in a bad way, just getting him all mad and getting him thrown out of the game is all you really need. Exactly. Uh, getting his hair all messed up. But, uh today was fun Bailey. I, I appreciate you coming on here uh how can people find you and find what you're working on the, the best place to find me is on twitter um my twitter is at sir underscore richmond 20 my first name is richmond that's where it comes from um but then there's also at grizz underscore lead that's why i run the page and then over at the lead that's that's where all my stuff is that's where everything i do goes so I'm pretty involved with everything going on there with locker room, editing, the whole nine. I'm pretty involved with most of it. So I'm part of three shows on locker room. So we'll be there. Yeah. Uh, so when is uh, leading with the W? That is every Wednesday at 1 Eastern currently. Um, but we are exploring potential moves just to get more traffic. Yeah. I know that uh, that noon central time um, I did for a while and it's just tough. It's hard to get everybody on there. Um, it's a weird time, but, uh, but Bailey, I, I absolutely appreciate it. The stuff on at the lead with the Grizzly stuff. Um, if anybody, if you need to have any good praise for it, it's always Bailey. He's always running a tight ship over there. He is our fearless leader. Um, and he, we will uh, make sure he doesn't uh, sink the ship over there for us, but. Hey, uh, but Bailey, once again, thanks, man, for coming on here. It's been a blast. Uh, we'll, we'll definitely catch you another time when the Grizzlies are heading into the playoffs. Yes, sir. Sounds good to me. All right, man. Appreciate you. Yes, sir. Once again, I want to say thank you to Bailey for coming on here and hanging out with us and talking a little bit of Grizzlies. The interview was fun. Uh, we went over a lot of information with the Grizzlies and kind of dug in more than usual. Uh, but we got down to the right information. And I think, as he said, nothing crazy really comes out of any trades for this Grizzlies team. I think they're young. And with the front office not really looking at the home runs, but continuously hitting the doubles uh, for the baseball terms, uh, continues our progress into being a really good team for the future. If you talk to Atlanta and even New Orleans, they kind of try to go after big, uh, big plays and they try to get big trades and I don't know if that just lowered their ceiling because in Atlanta now we see them as being a, a good team but not a great team and in the end if you're not winning a championship and you're not kind of having championship aspirations then I don't know really what these guys are playing for so I don't know if anybody really just wants to be good 
I hope that this team makes the right decisions as they have so far. And so we all stand behind Zach Kleiman. So without further ado, uh, let's get into my predictions. As I said, I thought that they could be two and two. They might go three and one. But the last two weeks, we had week five. We only had one game against Phoenix. And then week six, because of COVID, we only had one game. So we missed a lot of those games in between, those five games. So we now are 1-0 and back-to-back weeks. Brings us to 8-6, and as I said earlier. This week against San Antonio, Indiana, Houston, and New Orleans. I do believe that this train keeps rolling. And I think that these Grizzlies go 3-1 and this week. We pick up the win against San Antonio, but we drop it. Finally, the seven-game win streak will end against Indiana on the road. Back to work against Houston and New Orleans, and these Grizzlies are solidifying themselves as a playoff team. These young Grizzlies are very good, and I hope that they keep playing like this. Shout out to Coach Jenkins for continuously making good decisions. And making challenges. That's always fun to see. So I hope tonight that you hear this and get a chance to watch these Grizzlies uh, beat up on the Spurs. Because I know that this team is very good. And if we can continue to hold DeMar DeRozan in check, we have a chance. That was our biggest win on the road. Because it went against a Spurs team who we have not played well against overall. But we haven't played well on the road against. If we can hold DeMar DeRozan tonight in check, we will come out with another W. Uh, For Indiana, it's going to be tough. They're well-rounded. They have some big guys. I just think that their way that they play and not beating themselves ends up being just one of those teams that we can't beat because they don't beat themselves. But against Houston, I think there's a chance to go ahead and hold John Wall in check, Victor Oladipo, And if one of them or two of them go off, there's still a chance that we can still be a better team overall, even though they have some of the better players. And then New Orleans, it is the Zion show as always, and we know that they get up for us. But in the past, it's really been Drew Holiday. He's not there anymore. So I hope that JV kind of learns a little bit when he comes back to kind of stay away from Zion, let him have the, uh, the, the space to shoot if he wants. And so Zion just kind of doesn't have the game that he normally does, and we get a win on uh, on the road against New Orleans. But next week, we will have a guy, Mikey Shooms, we already have lined up. Things happen, people, so if it doesn't happen, please don't get mad at me. But we do have Mikey Shooms uh, scheduled to come on the show next week. He is a writer for the Pelicans and does a lot of work for them. Good guy, a very good friend of the Free Basketball Podcast. So... Uh, That's all we have this week uh, with week six. It was a good week. We went 1-0. We were undefeated. But we're now back and healthy from the safety and protocols from COVID. Uh, But with that being said, we want to make sure we leave you on a positive note. And that is a quote. You can make excuses or you can make progress. You choose. From Brian Tracy. Let me read that one more time. You can make excuses or you can make progress. You choose. Simply states, don't make excuses. Just live kind of with what you are given. If something happens, you know what? Power through it. 
and don't let things happen in your life for a reason. Just let them go unnoticed. Like you beat control of your life. And if something happens, don't make an excuse. Continue to make progress in your life. But that's all we have again. Thank you as always. You can find me at Daniel Greer on Twitter. Find the lead at the lead SM. We are the free basketball family. Give us ratings, reviews. You can find us on any kind of platform where you can find uh, your podcast. So without that being said, be kind and tell your friends.